So the province wrapped up their series of telephone town halls on the Alberta Pension Plan last Wednesday. Five in total were held. Premier estimates that somewhere between seventy-five and 100,000 Albertans uh, took part in them. Now, we'd always been told that there would be in-person consultation in addition to the telephone town halls. That appears to have been shelled for now. Premier's now saying they're just going to await the advice of Jim Dinning, who conducted these telephone town halls, to see if there's an appetite for a referendum on this issue or not. Spoiler alert, there isn't. There really never has been. But uh, the most recent polling I've seen showed that more than two-thirds of Albertans don't want any part of this still, um, and only a narrow margin of UCP supporters. 52% um, actually think that this is a good idea. So I, it's moved the needle a bit. It has gone up incrementally, but it is still well below the threshold of victory, I would think. So do we go ahead with it? I don't know. Um, meanwhile, there are those who are still very much opposed to the idea. They've also done their own consultations with experts because a lot of the information that came out in the LifeWorks report has been hotly contested, as you know. So um, we're going to speak now with Murray Gold, who uh, recently worked with the Alberta Federation of Labor on an assessment of the Alberta Pension Plan potential. Um, he is among Canada's foremost experts in public sector and group pensions, various instances of uh, pension reform right across the country. He's been a leader in this field for a very long time. Um, Murray, thank you so much for joining us today. I really do appreciate you being here. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Um, so let's start right from the beginning here. Um, something I think the province decided not to do. And the beginning for me is, okay, what are the terms of the deal? Should Alberta leave the Canada Pension Plan? What are they going to actually start off with in terms of money? Um, I don't know how you ask Albertans to consider a deal when you don't know the terms, but the figure that they're putting out there, $343 billion, 53% of the pool. The Premier herself has said, well, Ottawa needs to come up with a different number. We'll have a final number. I mean, what do you think of the number that we're asking Albertans to consider, is there any chance that could actually happen? No. It's that simple, right? I mean, it's just impossible. It's, it's impossible. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, if you read the LifeWorks report, they say that's not the literal interpretation of the Canada Pension Plan Act. It's their, quotes, uh, reasonable and alternate uh, interpretation. Because the, the CPP Act, when it was put together in 1966, didn't really contemplate no. something like this happening. And it's pretty vague, right? I mean, to, to be fair, it's pretty tough to come up with exactly what the formula might be. It's going to end up all kinds of legal battles should we go down that road. It will. You're, you're absolutely right about that. It's not clear. Lots of people are going to have different views. There have been estimates of 12%, 16%, 25%, 53%. Literal interpretation, like work says, 117%. You know. So, you know, there's a lot of room to, to, to fight about what the actual number is. What you have to do, in theory, under the CPP Act, is undo everything that's happened since 1966. Right. So you have to sort of recreate an Alberta pension plan as if it had existed right from the get-go and sort out what it would have after it got the contributions, after it paid all the benefits. And in order to do that, you have to track through uh, all the folks who worked in Alberta but retired somewhere else, who lived, say, in Newfoundland or New Brunswick, came to work in Alberta, earned Alberta-based CPP credits, but then went back to Nova Scotia or, or New Brunswick or Newfoundland. You have to track all that through, and, and they haven't been able to do that because the data so far isn't available or doesn't exist. So you have to you have to sort of recreate fifty odd years uh, of ins and outs, and uh, good luck. 
doing that. Right, exactly. Yeah, so we don't know that necessarily. There is something that's been, and I've run into a lot of people who still seem to have what I think is a misconception, but help us out. There's this perception, and it's been you know put forward by uh, different politicians who are pretty loose with the language, that Albertans are somehow being ripped off by the Canada Pension Plan. We're subsidizing the pension plan for the rest of the... It's all the same. Like, it doesn't matter where you live in this country, right? We all pay the same rate, and we all get the same benefit, don't we? That's the bottom line. Everybody pays uh, on exactly the same scale. Everybody gets a benefit on exactly the same scale. The uh, thing is, today, if you just take a snapshot of today, and that's always a mistake with the pension plan, because these are long-term things you contribute when you're young, take out when you're, when you're older. But if you take a snapshot today, Alberta's uh, population is relatively young compared to other provinces. It's got relatively fewer retirees than other provinces, and people make more money. They have mm-hmm. higher wage than other provinces. So you add those things to, up, and what do you get? You get more contributions because you've got uh, a younger workforce earning more money, and you've got fewer benefits being paid out today because your population is younger and you've got fewer retirees. So the snapshot today looks pretty favorable to Alberta, but you know, the snapshots change over time. That's the thing with pensions. They, they're they not moments in time thing. They they take decades to unfold, right? You contribute when you're young, draw when you're older. Uh, Quebec made this mistake in 1966. It had a younger population, said we can do it for cheaper. Today they're paying more right. than the rest of Canada. I mean, that's, that's so a cautionary tale right it. there. It is. It is. You know, for sure it is. Uh, these are long-term arrangements. CPP is such a good plan to the envy of the world. You know, it's got scale, which is really important in pension plans. The bigger you are, the more powerful you are, the better your terms, the better your investments. It's got a great track record. It's got relationships and offices all over the world. Um, and it's proven, right? It's proven. Uh, once you... Uh, it, <laughs> the other important thing to say about CPP is... It's a lockbox. In other words, if you're going to try and change anything, you need the agreement of the uh, of uh, uh, two-thirds of the provinces representing two-thirds of the population and the federal government, which means you can't change anything, really, except <laughs> under absolutely extraordinary circumstances. Uh, so it's very safe. You know, you take that plan and you put it into a single province. It takes one government in one term uh, to make pretty, pretty important basic and potentially negative changes. What about that in terms of the investment? And you mentioned Quebec, and there's the Quebec investment plan where some of the pension fund would be used to invest in Quebec-interested businesses, right? It would be used as a bit of an economic driver. Alberta said that's potentially something we might do here, but that decision hasn't been made. I think for most for most pensioners and people planning on being pensioners, that doesn't matter. We just want a pension at the end of the day. So does the risk go up substantially in your mind? Well, it, it does just for institutional reasons, right? I mean, if you look at the CPP Act, the CPP Investment Board can consider only two things, two classic investment things, risk and return. The more risk you take, the more return you get. You can't take too much risk, so you've got to balance risk and return right. get the best return sure. you can for the risk. Uh, once you introduce anything else, any other criterion, then necessarily you're compromising either risk or return. Because now there's a third thing you have to do. And that third thing in Quebec is economic development. Uh, We don't know what the third thing could be or won't be in Alberta. We can only speculate about that. But the thing is, you can't change the Canada Pension Plan's (laughs) mandate, the investment board's mandate, without two-thirds of the province, two-thirds of the population. Whereas if you bring it home to Alberta, uh, one government, one term can change that. 
So it's the stability factor there, because we know what's happening. It's stability. And it's locked in for at least 75 years with the CPP. We know that, I mean, in terms of stability and all the forecasting and all the audits and all the analysis, it's rock solid for at least 75 years. We know that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, uh, that's exactly right. It's plotted out for 75 years. Contribution rates are set with 75-year time frame. Uh, institutionally, it's, it's, it's you know, among the best in the world. Uh, so it is, it's as solid as they get. Murray, thank you so much for your insight and your assessment on this. I do appreciate your time today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me.